In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm back. I know you all missed me over the holiday weekend. Us here in the States, we're out stuffing our faces with candy and eating honey-baked ham and watching some NCAA basketball. What were the blokes over in England doing, Jack? We were podcasting while you lot were being lazy. Well, based on my numbers here, I was given different times that we were recording. You know, honestly, I think a lot of our listeners kept me in the loop as you were going through the safeties and the corners with a little bit of a hooked on phonics issue with some pronunciations. So, you know, there was some people out there that had some funds with your pronunciations. And then, you know, I had the privilege of listening to your cornerback podcast, Jack, and I can see why you didn't have me on there. Hey, well, uh, unfortunately, that's that's the numbers people have mocked the players to be at. So uh, we work with what we've got. What? This is why we need Paul. Hey, right, you got one minute. Those are the four line. Uh, they're the four corners going in that range. Rank them. Where's your call? And go. The first thing is there will not be most of those four corners that you mentioned between Newsom, Samuel, Stokes, and Melifonwu. I think only one of those is going to go in the first round. That is Mr. Newsom. He's the only one that I could see teams having a first round grade on. Of those four, he is my favorite of the four. Um, the question, obviously, as you mentioned, is going to be durability with him. He is a very fluid athlete, which is nice if you're trying to transition the NFL because, you know, in college at Northwestern, he really didn't face that top end talent. So he wasn't able to showcase a lot. That's why there wasn't really a lot of downfield uh, completions on him. I still I know that you talked a little bit about Farley dropping. I don't see that being as much. I think he's the best pure corner in the draft. Second best, I think, is Patrick Sertain. I do think he, rightfully so, is not going to be there. J.C. Horn, 50-50. He is a first-round cornerback. I know you shake your head. There are teams that will not have him on the draft board because of the way he plays. The Browns will be one of them. He is one of the guys. Listen, will he make it out of the top 15? Lord only knows. However, if he's sitting there at 18, 19, 20, don't be surprised if the Browns package some picks. He would be an ideal corner at six, you know, over six foot, 205 pound edge corner that plays physical. I think Newsom and Horn really are the only day one guys at, when it comes to, you know, Stokes, Samuel, Melifonwu. I think Stokes is the best of those three. I like his speed. He still has to work a little bit on transition. Uh, Samuel, I don't get the love affair with him. He's a slot guy. You're not going to take him. And Malafonwu, you're looking you, at like you had too. one minute and we're already two minutes and then three minutes into the podcast. And you keep watching. Listen, if, if you listen if you, to this at 1.5x. Round one corners, you should have turned up yesterday. So on to day two. Um, we've so got are we going to talk dudes. about all the day two corners today? All the day two corners today. Um, we've got three chaps. Oh, good. Then we can talk about Malafonwu, Stokes, and Samuel. They're probably all going to be gone by the time we pick, though. <laughs> No, we're trading back. You already know As that. As we said, oh, I'd, I'd love to trade back. But so picking at 59, guys that they just really aren't going to be there 
by the time we pick 89-91. So three dudes. First, we've got Aaron Robinson. Red flag pops up here. Set to be just over 23 by the time week one comes around. So it could be an age concern. What do you feel about Aaron Robinson? I don't have Robinson as high um, in terms of grading. There's some other names on here I just like better. He's a quick foot guy. Um, the age, he's a red, he's a red shirt junior. So he stayed an extra year, probably to help his draft stock. I think this is a guy that has inside outside versatility. The problem is he's not a very disciplined corner. Um, that's kind of the, the, the knock I have on his game is he's more a reactive corner than he is instinctual. I think he's relied solely on his athleticism so far in college to kind of dominate. So if you watch a lot of his tape, you're just going to see a guy that likes to turn and run, stay with guys. He has the speed to do it. I just think that lack of discipline is going to hurt him in the NFL. I actually have him slated for kind of a borderline day three guy. Um, so I know the Browns take it 59. I think that's overdrafting. I'd be much more interested in him in the 89-91 range. All right. Next, we get to your boyfriend. And Aaron Robinson played nearly all his snaps in the slot the last two years. So off your trot and go somewhere else. Um, it's your boyfriend. It's Kelvin Joseph. Um, I, I know you're in love with him. So I will let you <laughs> wax lyrical. Um, yeah, soliloquy. PFF would compare him to Apple Eli. Eli Apple, the corner from Ohio State. I don't, I don't see that. Um, Joseph isn't even my favorite of this group. I think a lot of people may remember him. He started his career at LSU before moving to Kentucky. Um, Joseph, he's six one. I think I don't know his pro day, but he's going to measure in in that one ninety two hundred range. He didn't play much, so there's not exactly a ton to go off of in terms of that. Um, he, I think there was a quote. I want to say it was Mark Stoops said, I just can't have him standing out there. He's like, I just can't have him out there standing around. Joseph to me is a guy with a lot of potential. He is a freak athlete. I don't, do we have his, uh, his RAS score? Yeah. It's over nine, 9.02. So yeah, he is an athlete and that's what you can kind of see. Um, he's very good at shadowing routes. Um, he's very undisciplined. I don't know. He, if I think if this guy honestly was more of a professional, I think he dedicated his time to his craft. You're looking at a guy that has round one potential. I think his talent is there. The problem is I think he's immature. Honestly, I think I've heard him compared to his like Justin Gilbert. So I think those are people that have kind of come out and said, this is, and remember, I know a lot of Browns fans are like, Oh, Justin Gilbert, Justin Gilbert was a consensus first round corner who just didn't have his shit together and quickly realized that, you know, talent was only going to get you so far in the NFL. So he has, Joseph has these quick feet. He's very fluid. He's athletic. He's got ball skills. He's just immature. He does a lot of dumb shit, but if he's a guy athlete to athlete, I mean, you can put him up against anybody. The problem is I don't, I don't necessarily think the Browns are going to have him higher on their board just because there's a lot of red flags outside of just the overall measurement red flags. Yeah. And just to sort of highlight that hype around him, PFF first line. Joseph possesses tools that could go in the top 10 with more seasoning. So it's not saying, hey, he's top 10 player. He's saying, look, the, 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 the pure stuff that you need is there for him to be elite. Um, it's just, is his other stuff there? So next yeah. we get but, on to the third. Well, last thing on Joseph. Ooh, Joseph's yep. the guy. You know how you mentioned mock draft saying that there's going to be a 30 pick swing. Joseph's a guy. It takes one team to fall in love with him. 
in early in that second round or maybe kind of getting towards the 50 range, there's a team that's like, there's not a guy on the board with more upside than him. He's a guy that could go as early as the forties and he could be a guy sitting there at the beginning of round three. That'll be a wild card to see, but it really, I think in some teams, he's not going to be on the board. I think some teams he's going to be a, a third round pick, but some teams may have him as high as the early second round. And so the last one we sort of need in that 59 range, if you want him, um, whereas the rest are probably going to be there, 89, 91. And that's Tyson Campbell, um, Georgia Bulldog. Three solid years um, of production. Um, So no, looks good. Yeah, you're talking about a press man guy. So Kirby Smart down in Georgia plays. It's kind of a 3-3-5 base. So it's a little bit different of a version of what you're going to see out of Joe Woods, but he would have some familiarity with playing in a playing boundary in a dime defense. You know, I know Kirby smart moved him a little bit inside and outside on that one. Um, The thing with him and Tyson Campbell, I think potentially could be one of the top three corners. He's a guy that I actually, I like a lot. Um, I see a lot of him on some of the different George because George generally is going to have a pretty good defense. You see him show up a lot of times on, on film. You're talking about a guy who has kind of a rare combination of these traits. So when you talk about a, a, a cornerback, they got to have a different set of traits. You got to have quick feet. You got to have the ability to turn your hips and run. You got to have the ability to have anticipatory, you know, motion to move on the ball. He's not the athlete that Kelvin Joseph is. But this is a guy, I think, if you bring him in in a pick 59, I actually think that's a pretty good range for him. If you could get him at 59, because maybe you had your eye on J.C. Horn and he fell a pick or two before you, or maybe you don't trade back. So, like, guys like Newsom and, you know, I like Elijah Molden. I know you have him as kind of a weird safety somewhere, but I think he's a slot corner that the Browns could have higher up. I think he's a guy that you could see there at 59 just because – while he doesn't have quite that physical athleticism, I think that he's a very confident player. He's just a guy, I think, with a lot of upside. He's kind of that high-risk, high-reward type of guy. Right. So next we're going into the four dudes in that 89-91 range. We've got four minutes left of the podcast. So it's a minute each. First guy, Sean Wade. And this is right on the wire for he's 23, week one. This is that he's just in, just out of potentially where the Browns age guard rails come for the draft. So what do you make of him? I've seen Sean Wade play every football game that he's played in his career. Um, I honestly probably would take him above Asante Samuel Jr. If I'm being honest, but Wade struggled. He was going to be a first round pick last year as a slot. And then Ohio state lost all their, you know, DBU to, so Wade moves to the outside. Wade is a good athlete. Wade is a good cornerback. I think the reason he's falling is teams turn on a game like Alabama and you just see wide receivers running down. You see him kind of biting wrong. I think there's going to be a team that really likes Sean Wade. I actually would be shocked if he's still there at 90 or 89, 91. I do like Wade. The problem is I don't like him enough to take him at 57 or, you know, I'm sorry, uh, 59. So I like, I would like him in the middle of those. So if the Browns do trade back and pick up some extra picks, Wade is a guy I wouldn't mind bringing in, but not as early as 59. And I don't think he's going to last the 90. So that's a little bit on Sean Wade. Well, yeah, the, the, these are the players we're projecting to be there. 89, 91. Next up, um, we've got Paulson Adebo, whose athletic testing is more mud. It's sexy. Yeah, this is a kid, 6'1", 200 pounds out of Stanford. Um, he is a very, he has this 
you watch him a lot in Stanford. You're talking Pac-12. He's very good at attaching himself to a, a wide receiver. So they call it route mimicking or mirroring or shadowing. These are the type of things you're going to see a lot from him. He, I would say he's probably going to, he would start faster in a cover three zone scheme. I do think he could evolve into a, a man, a press man corner. Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, his length, I think was kind of a big thing in terms of his, you know, athleticism scores. I think he's just a long corner, even at six one. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a guy, he's sitting there on the board at, you know, 89, 91. I definitely, he's a guy, he, he should put up results in college. He played in a Stanford uh, defense that I think just was consistently tough. I have no problem taking him there. He's a player, I think with a lot of upside. Next, we've got a chap um, played a lot of slot corners, a bit of an unknown on the outside, and that's Syracuse's Trill Williams. Um, I don't have any respect for slot corners um, in the draft, so uh, I'm out. Well, the only thing is, I don't know how he would project. I mean, this guy's 6'2", 198. He's physical. I mean, he's just a physical corner in the NFL. If he's trying to guard a, a shiftier slot guy, I don't know. I, I can see... I mean, I could see a lot of room to grow with this guy. He's not as fluid as some of the guys we talked to. He, trust me, if you watch him on the tape, you know, this is a guy coming out of Syracuse. He talked a lot of smack. I mean, you look, he is constantly talking smack to people. So he's not afraid to get physical with people. Played mainly in zone. Um, I think that's probably his best fit. I don't see him being as high on the Browns board. I see him being a boundary corner in his zone scheme where he can use it's kind of like that Richard Sherman thing where you're not the most athletic person in the world, but you have that size and physicality to play that cover three. That's kind of why I think he's maybe best fitted for a zone scheme. But if the Browns like him, there's going to be some traits that they see. Uh, maybe they like the physicality. I think you have it in AJ Green, to be honest with you. And the last name we have up um, is a guy that, if you look at his numbers, is rather impressive. Um, other than the one fact is he's only a couple of years away from collecting the state pension. Oh, Benjamin St. So Juice of the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who is due to be 24 when the season starts. So he's that old. Um, his birthday is nearly the same as a good, good long time listener. It's Mr. Mike Brown. Oh, happy. Yeah. Happy birthday to Mike UK. Uh, and also happy birthday to Mike Colson. Uh, my buddy back from Lorraine. So happy birthday to the two Mikes, but old Benny St. Juice. So St. Juice starts his career at Michigan. He was a very highly uh, recruited guy coming out of Canada. So one of the reasons he's a little older is because he kind of had this weird transition from Canada to Michigan and into Minnesota. I think Jack has a case of the COVID or something, the way he's being affected by these older ages, but I'm not going to lie. This guy just produces. In 2019, when Minnesota takes the world by storm in the Big Ten, St. Juice was their best player on defense. I mean, this is a guy that tracks the ball well. Um, I, I, yes, he's old, but he goes down to see, he goes down to the senior bowl and he comes in at six foot three, 202 pounds. He has a long physical corner. Guess what? You talked uh, in day one about lined up against Chase Claypool. Guess what? I'll stick St. Juice on him and I'll let him go to town because the A, uh, Claypool's not really a polished route runner. He's more of a vertical nine, eight route. So you're talking about a guy who, if you get you get your hands on him, you're going to disrupt that route and disrupt that timing. A guy like Benny St. Juice, 
sitting there in that kind of late third, I'm not a hundred percent sure if because of that age, he would go in the top 100 picks. Um, it may be something where if you trade back and you maybe have some of those compensatory picks, maybe you'll look in that range, but I overall, I do like him. He's faster than a guy, you know, out of Ohio state, Damon Arnett last year. So I don't know, Jack, I like, I like him. Impressive for a dude. If I'm making an exception based on age, it's because of Benny St. Juice. It's because he doesn't have as many miles. If he'd have played four to five years of competitive football and has that wear and tear, I would agree with you, but he really didn't do much at Michigan. Just Michigan doesn't know how to recruit players that actually use their talent. So he's a guy. You could use him in that nickel and that Grant Delpit type of role if you really wanted. He has versatility in a Joe Woods defense. I think the Browns are going to be interested in Benny Sanchez. Boom. As always, we're going to be back tomorrow looking at day three corners and we'll wrap it up looking at our top dudes. So, uh, as always, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.